0: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: It's Friday, April 24th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga. And shortly I'll be joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer, along with Cleveland Indians starting pitcher Zach Plesak. Plesak, in his first year last season with the Cleveland Indians, finished with the second lowest ERA among American League rookies at 3.81 and finished third in rookie wins with eight. He was sixth in innings pitched with 115 and two thirds while recording the third lowest rookie average against, and that was 237. A heck of a season for Zach Plisak, and he's looking to build on that this year. During the coronavirus isolation, he's been working out with teammate Mike Clevenger. He's also been back in Cleveland and uh, in Cincinnati working out at a facility there. So it'll be great to talk to Zach and hear from him and his thoughts on a number of topics. Uh, So when we come back, we'll be joined. By Zach Plesak along with Paul Hoynes here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk Podcast. And we're joined by Cleveland Indians starting pitcher Zach Plesak. Zach, good to talk to you. Great to have you on the show. Where are you at right now? Are you isolating? Or well, We've seen you uh, through social media. You've been in and out of Cleveland a couple of times, but uh, what's the latest on, on where you've been uh, during the, the the quarantine?
2: Yeah, I started off in Florida with Clev. You know, Clev and and I have been training and just working together and on a progression you know making sure we're built up correctly getting on the mound and stuff like that just working with another pitchers is is something good you know that we we had going and then I was down there drove up to Cincinnati my agent's here and he's got a gym we have catchers available we have uh, space to work out we got a gym and basically everything we need so I really just been getting my throwing in here and it's been some nice days. We've been able to get outside and long toss some and, you know, at Prasco Field. Um, but in and out of Cleveland, yeah, just stopping in, um, picking up some things and just kind of squaring up, feeling the energy of the city, man. I, you know, it's important to me, just kind of getting up there, even spend the weekend there, just kind of feel the environment out and just kind of, you know, that's how I like to prepare. So moving forward, I just, you know, think it'd be good to stay up there. And I know some people up there let me stay. And so we, you know, get my training in and, whatever after how, that just out. how
0: much did you who's need? your agent who's your agent
2: uh, uh page odell but uh jeff Gass is here oh okay Natty with me and yeah working at elite sc and um yeah it's a good place to train i know there's a lot of good players high school players are coming out of this place who train here and i guess um some pitchers on the reds talking about getting in some training sessions in here and um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a really good spot. It has a lot of space. It's got cages and mounds to go live against hitters. Got a gym. Uh, pretty much everything you need. So it's really good set for me right now. So I'm, I'm kind of I'm built on a good routine. Um, been working up, like, five days. You know, Monday being, like, getting back into it. It's almost like a day after a start kind of day. Day two would be Tuesday. Um, hop on the mound, throw a bullpen. Day three, long toss a little bit um you know get the workload up on the arm and then day four which is thursday today um get in the gym and uh just like tighten up your pitches and get ready for tomorrow which would be game day uh fifth day start day and then um yeah so that's how we're kind of building up our progression right now
1: you talked about you know being up just uh coming in out of the city feeling the energy uh did, did you did you really miss the the opportunity for that opening day here in cleveland is that something that uh, you know, obviously, it can't be helped with with the situation with the pandemic and all that. But you know, it, it really feels like so, that would be something you would particularly really feed off of. Uh, you know, just the, yeah. the, the ballpark like that.
2: Oh, for sure! Like opening day energy is—that's like the energy we you know try to bring every single day. You know, that opening day energy. So feeling it actually on opening day is, you know, something special. Regardless, you know. So um, obviously, I would love to experience that. Um, but you know, based on everything going on, there's other things that were more important to take care of. You know, with our health and this country going through what we are, and you know, so at the end of the day, just really playing baseball is what I want to be doing. So whether it's opening day or midseason or whenever we get going, you know, that's a, that'll be my opening day. You uh, Zach, uh
0: no, go ahead, Zach and uh, Shane Beaver was saying that you guys have kind of set maybe a sellout date, kind of, you know, just to have a date to shoot for instead of just, you know, like you said, like you're on a routine, you know, like tomorrow would be your start date. Mm-hmm. They said, he, he said the, the date was kind of like in late May just to, you know, maybe if, if something happens by then and you go to extended, sp- you know, go to another spring training or, the, you know, the season, there's some announcement on the season. Is that h- how you're working, you know, you're controlling yeah. your workouts?
2: Yeah, there's – it's like, you know, for us baseball players, it's hard. The hardest part was us not having a day to work towards, you know. So, it was almost like having that complete, like, chaos feeling of, you know, we don't know when anything's going to be starting or where any direction is with, you know, what's going on. So, we got on a Zoom call, a bunch of, you know, pitchers and our coordinators, and we all came together and decided, you know, like, June 1st – either end of May, June 1st is like a day you want to be set, ready for – just in case at least that point we, we give ourselves a sellout date, you know, it gives, gives ourselves a date to look forward to and just prepare for. And then when we get to that point, you can kind of adjust after that, you know, instead of playing catch up or mm-hmm. not really preparing like in a way that you should be as a build up, you know. So it's, it's kind of like a, it's a really smart approach that we we thought would be good for us to get, you know, an edge on other teams.
1: You uh you mentioned working out with uh with Clev down in Florida. We saw, you know, on social we saw a couple of videos of uh of you guys throwing just like in a street in, in, in shorts, just uh like in the alley behind behind wherever you guys are staying. Uh yeah. was it hard to find a place to, to throw down there?
2: Uh no. Like at first the beaches were open, so we were just on the beach and we were just kinda we were in like that element of sand and you know that itself trains its, you know, different parts of the body and just gets mm-hmm. you it's a good training, you know, regimen, but we were on the beach. Um, his neighborhood's really new. So all the, all the roads are paved super nice and there's space out on the road. So we just really play catch right outside his house on the street. If we couldn't go to the beach. Um, but you know, there's other places we went to and there's nature preserve woods over there. And they got you know, all kinds of land. So there's, there's places to throw. So we really just started on the beach and then we were throwing on the street. You know, and that got a lot easier how uh got to ask how
1: how are the how are the pups getting along the uh the dogs with the and what oh, and what, yeah. what are their and what are their names what's uh, what's your dog's name we we saw oh, my dog's lola last, yeah, yeah. last year you guys you guys bought puppies together or whatnot. not so the yours yeah. Is
2: Lola? yeah lola his is cloudy um yeah we were looking at dogs to get we we both wanted a dog you know we was at that point, we were basically living together, you know. We were just like – we wanted something fun, to entertain us, going to the off season. you know, kind of get our – almost like get our heads in a good direction, you know, like train some pups and some really good dogs um, while we train. it kind of grounds us to being extra responsible, you know, just because, you know, next year we had big, you know, big plans, really. And we just thought it would be something to cool, keep us tight and whatever. So we got mini Bernadoodles, Bernice Mountain Dog breed mixed with a – mini poodle so they're like in between size mm-hmm. and yeah my name my dog's name lola she's right here sleeping um, <laughs> there she's there the she is
1: under yeah. the couch
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah so um yeah they're they're cloudy clev's dog is he was like the the biggest the male of the of the pack there's five of them in the litter and um lola was the baby she was the girl so she was like the she was a little bit the, the runt i guess so we got the biggest one and the littlest one and yeah. it's so funny to watch their personalities like interact. Like Cloudy's more bouncy and like doofy, you know, and then you got Lola who's like a little more spazzy and like super <laughs> quick, you know, and like moving around like like a little you know, little dog would. So it's it's really cool. His Cloudy's probably like five to eight pounds heavier, bigger mm-hmm. than Lola, but they love each other. They love each other, man. They get along and yeah, so So, it's, so Lola's got
1: Lola's got quick feet like her dad, right?
2: Yeah, she's got quick feet. Oh yeah. <laughs> she learned she learned that. Oh,
1: well, Hoynes the, uh, Hoynes the dog guy. i I, I don't, I don't make any, any claims about, knowing anything about dogs, but Hoynes, can talk about pups all day. Yeah. That's so nice. you show Hoynes, uh, videos of uh, adoptable dogs and he'll, he'll actually start crying in the press box. <laughs> yeah.
0: I want to adopt them yeah. all, bring them all. Home.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's, fun, That's jack, funny.
0: jack what, um, can, can you get into your kind of relationship with your with your uncle Dan sure. and how you know how he may have helped you and did and I was wondering were you old enough to see him pitch at all?
2: Yeah, uh, I was really young. I think he retired and I was like, I had it been like eight or nine, maybe ten. Um, I saw him pitch with the Phillies um, against the Cubs. I seen him when he was on the Diamondbacks, and I'm talking like these are memories when I'm so young, like six to nine years old, and I remember like moments, you know like visuals of not really like seeing him play, but just like going to the field and the environment and being there and, you know, the experience. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's been with me every step of the way, you know, I was in little league and would, you know, when he would be home from whatever the season or he'd be home doing whatever he's doing. You'd, you know, be at Christmases or whatever holiday it was. And then it got to like high school, um, Talks to start, you know, we started talking more just because I'm getting older and becoming like more understanding of either the game or just life, you know, and um, so. And he also is my godfather, so it's it's pretty cool. So um, he, and then you know, I went to college, had a freshman season where I was, you know, the national freshman pitcher of the year um, in collegiate baseball, and so it started getting the rise of me as a player and a pitcher, and you know, draft whatever scouts are starting to come watch games and so I had a lot of questions a lot of advice and I needed and um, he really helped me just guide guide me in a really good direction of just how to act and carry yourself on and off the field Um, you know because the game you're gonna you're gonna work and prepare for the game but becoming a big leaguer you know you have such a responsibility to fulfill as a person and the impact you can make on other people you know like kids now who look up to you and the impact you can have on them and you know so you have a much more important role than just being a baseball player at that point um so I started you know I was still like not even close to understanding all that yet as in college and I get drafted and go through that process of going out to Arizona and you know starting that next season in short season um with Mahoning and Playing good, but my stuff wasn't as good as I thought it was. So it was like that caught in between, you know. So I had questions like, you know, like, is, how do you know if you know, you know, you're gonna make it, you know? And it's yeah, one of those yeah. questions, kind of things, like I talked to him about, um, and you know, just as I got to Double A, I really started needing his help because I started, you know, first time I was really experiencing like some failure and some struggle, and you know, dude, that's like everyone, you know, there's there's confidence, you know, there, and me coming off an injury, I had to build confidence and not have that worry of whether or not like my arm is never going to be the same or whether or not like I'm going to be healthy for as long, you know, all this, all this kind of, all these kind of things kind of lead up to thoughts in your head and just, you know, things like I would talk to him about, weren't really even baseball It's more about, you know, you know, not like pitching mechanics or pitches or how you will do slider. It's more about like, you know, how to handle failure and how you can, you know, just things he'd remind me of. You know, I feel like I'm going through a lot, and I've explained everything to him, and he would say, you know, everything you've gone through and you've just told me about, I've gone through and I've gone through more things than that. You know, because it's so easy to look at him and his career and be like, wow, you know, he he did it. It was like easy to him. He did 18 years, and you know, yeah. but you know, there's a lot of a lot of ups and downs in his career too. You know, so it's one of those things like we just kind of learn off each other, and I I really pick his pocket of information about you know just things like failure and how to you know be a big leader as a person you know and how to carry yourself and respect people and respect you know yourself and you know things like that so he's always he's always there if I need it I need him you know it's not like we got meetings every week to talk you know he's family so it's you know he calls me I shoot him texts all the time and you know we we talk you know it's it's super love so you know he's out in New Jersey now and they're they're stationed pretty strict out there so he's Ready for this to get over with too? Well,
0: yeah, I was just wondering because he he's a, he was a lefty. You're a righty, so yeah, I, you know, I just didn't know how that worked. You know, so yeah. A- what's
2: what's crazy is um so he has a brother, Joe, who was his older brother by a year or two, and he was a big power righty. And my uncle Dan was like more of the finesse, crafty lefty. You know, and he didn't really pitch, till he was a, a senior in high school. They both go on to NC State. My uncle Joe was drafted the year before, like first or second round, and um. He was he was a stud man and then my uncle dan like you know just started pitching and my grandma their mom um convinced the head coach there that they have to take danny my uncle dan <laughs> if they have uncle joe you know so okay. like, you're not having joe unless you take danny too so they deal. they went there together um both pitched really well and um my uncle joe ends up getting hurt and my uncle dan he gets drafted, Uncle Joe does, to the Padres, and Uncle Dan gets drafted too. Uncle Joe, you know, gets hurt. Uncle Dan goes on to make it, whatever, whatever. And my dad was the youngest of the th- of the two of the three of them. You know, those two, he was the youngest of them. And he ended up having the boys. And the first boys he has are twin, twin boys, me and my brother. <laughs> and he's left-handed, and I'm right-handed. Are and your brother's and a lefty? My brother's left-handed, and I'm right-handed. Oh, wow. And so he was the big power lefty throwing hard to go anywhere he wanted to in the country, you know, stud. And I'm like the little scrappy infielder trying to play catch up to him. You know, he's getting – he's the big lefty pitcher, you know. So then it was always like a climb from there, you know. I, like, used him as like a – I was always kind of chasing, you know. So it's crazy to see how, you know, my brother then – he got hurt as a junior in high school his biggest year. He ends up going to – and he could have gone anywhere, you know. Then he comes back goes to or state college of Florida on Bradenton was a really good juco and um ends up like you know his his injury never really got back to what he wanted he was kind of caught in between playing first and pitching just because of shoulder whatever and you know then there's me who I end up pitching as a, a senior really I got my first outing as a junior or my first I was a junior when I started pitching I'm sorry my first outing as a sophomore like late in the postseason so I was a junior just like late in my high school career you know started pitching picked it up and then went to college and you know I ended up getting hurt but I ended up making it you know so it's kind of see it's uh. funny to see like how history almost like repeats itself you know my two uncles who were lefty one was really good stud yeah. like that he was it you know gets hurt and the other one who's just as good not you know who had to work his way and then he makes it and it's cool like my uncle Dan's my godfather it's just weird like it's a yeah this world works in, like, mysterious ways, you know? It's pretty crazy.
1: So, so genetically, where did you get that pickoff move from? Where Because that, that had that had to come it's from true. somewhere.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't even know. I think that's just playing the infield, really, like my whole <laughs> life, you know? And it's, it's crazy because those – I mean, there was, like, the scouting report. I um, mean, mm-hmm. you know, as the season went on and I would pick people off. But earlier in the season, I would hold my glove, like, kind of by my chest. And that was right where I needed – you know, my throwing arm to be if I, when I'm coming set to just go and pick a dude off. And mm-hmm. then uh, what I ended up doing was I was changing the levels of where my glove was on different pitches, not knowing. So I was kind of tipping some pitches. And so, like, that was that caused me to struggle. Like, you know, after like my whatever start it was, our like seventh grade start, I kind of that's when like they noticed it. Um, so then I ended up going to coming set at my waist because I mm-hmm. can come set there more consistently and you know from there when you go to pick off you've got to you know still bring it up so it's I mean it's like a tenth of a second and it's still really quick but I think early when I would come set at my chest it was that much quicker I was picking dudes off like
0: oh okay
1: right you know, like, yeah it, well, it's six so. it's, it's six on the season most of the majors by a rookie since 2013 um yeah. but you and you and Clev both have have really good moves you have, you, you ever get uh Every yeah. guy's getting a, a a bragging match about who's got the better picking uh pickoff move, or or is it? uh I mean,
2: we both like agree that we each had the best pickoff move. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like this, we never really got timed on it, but I mean, he he picked off a lot of these too. I don't know if he picked off more than me, but um, when he was a rookie or whenever. In 2018, no. he
1: had like three or
2: four. Oh, and, really? And I that thought was he, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. So I mean, we both. It's just cool because even like Clev, man. Like, going back to. Last spring training, we'd be talking to coordinators in our organization. They tell both of us, you know, you guys remind us of each other. You know, you guys have similar personalities, same passion, drive. You know, the will to win and energy and all that kind of stuff. And you know, next thing you know, it's like we become you know homies and you know we get dogs or we got the same pickoff move. You know, it's like they like called it. You know, they you know we're the same. You know, just just have the same you know core values of you know respect stuff like that.
1: You know, just to just to finish up on the uh, the pickoff, uh, the only two attempts all year against you in twenty one starts. One one success, uh, one successful base. Do you remember who who stole the base? Off of you. Um, I don't. I I don't I don't have it in front of me. I just you know just um, one one for two on the season. I, I think is, is a pretty yeah. good
2: uh, you know. Yeah, that's no, good. Yeah. I'm definitely. I mean, I wonder if I can top that next year. I mean, they, are so they
1: are they ever going to run on you? That's that that's the question. If they're not going to run, I
2: mean, my my goal is to not my plan is to not let them. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep making sure that thing's tightened up. So you know, going into the season, I can get myself an out when I need one, or mm-hmm. to get yeah. that guy's picking off. I can get him. So I mean, I'm definitely keeping that that part of my game
1: ready. I, I go back to uh, the July 26th game in Kansas City. Do uh, you remember the, uh, the the diving catch in front of the uh, the dugout there? Uh, yeah. Just the the athleticism <laughs> that you showed. Were you worried that, that Bowers was going to come crash into you on that play, or was it uh, was it just go get the ball?
2: No, well it was it was um, I forgot what, it was a righty up to bat, mm-hmm. and I knew there's was, there's was not they were playing deep. I know the first baseman was playing deep in this you know situation. I I kind of knew that already because I already you know you scan the field and see where guys are and whatever. So naturally, I knew he was kind of deep. And the ball like went up. It looked like it was gonna be foul at first. The catcher, I had a jump on the catcher, seeing that, you know, I had first read, so I knew I had a, a step on him. And in the back of my mind, this is all going by so fast, you know. And I realized Bowers is—he started off deep. I beat the catcher off the jump, so like I'm just kind of on it. I'm not even full sprinting. I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm like a magnet to the ball at this point, you know, mm-hmm. following it. And then I'm like, I kind of use my peripherals at the last second and realize I'm the closest one and. You know, I'm coming up to the fence, so I have to get down. I have to dive a little early, so I didn't smack the fence. So, uh, you know, I dive a little early and get, I like, catch the ball almost on the ground because you know, if I would have stayed up and caught it when I did, I would have crushed the fence. So, <laughs> right. it all happened so quick. You know, it was like instinct. It kind you of just got a little moved.
1: got a little chin full of dirt there. Did Tito or Carl yeah. Willis say anything to you in the dugout on the, uh, after the? <laughs> and, uh,
2: I don't even remember honestly. Like that was kind of a blur. But uh, yeah, I, I remember diving and scraping up my hand on my throwing hand and and, uh, having to like keep pitching. But um, yeah, I mean, it was, that was definitely a a crazy, crazy play. Uh, The complete game shutout
1: against the Angels on September 10th. Uh, Mm -hmm. You're the first Indians rookie to to have a a complete game shutout since 2006, Jeremy Sowers. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, is that, that sort of one you can, you can sort of look back on and, uh, it was towards the end of the season, so m- maybe like a, a feather in the cap highlight sort of thing for the for the year for you. Um, yeah, you know, and that's so. and that's that lineup's no joke too. Sometimes,
2: yeah, no, definitely. And I know it's going to be better this year um, with some guys they picked up, but um, you know, I, I was going through a point like early in the season, everything was going great. You know, I was pitching really good, and no one had a scouting report on me, and you know, I was just willing dudes out, you know, and. <laughs> Then it started to get deeper in the year and guys got a scouting report and my pitches actually started to kind of lose shape sometimes, you know. And so I was searching for that for a little bit. So it was a struggle of them having a scouting report on me and me still trying to, like, get my shapes where I wanted them to be. They were were there, you know, but I wanted them cleaned up a little bit. So I went to a point of, like, you know, I started off real good. I kind of was in in rough waters for a second. You know, I had, like, two starts in a row that were, like, okay. And, you know, we didn't even lose them. But both, you know, but it was like one of those like, where I knew I could have been better. So I was going through like a rough patch. And then um, before that series, um, I'm riding with, with Clev, really. And we get to the hotel and we're talking. And he like gives me this talk. He's like, dude, you know, there's got to be a point like this is the point in time where you choose, you know. This is a point where you either like you rise up or you get crushed. You know, he's telling me from his experience, you know, going through what he had to go through and he didn't want to see me cave, so he's like, dude, like, you know, this is like a big opportunity for you to to really show like you belong here, all this stuff, and it's crazy. And I was like, dude, you know, I I knew I belong, you know, so I'm
0: mm-hmm.
2: I'm here and, you know, next thing you know, I, that's my next start, like going to this series and I ended up throwing that complete game. And I was like, Bro, I told you, man, we're doing this thing, you know, <laughs> like it's just funny, man. It, it, but you know, it was one of those moments like it was a point in time where it was like that exact moment in my season where I could have let it like had, like go from a good year to like, end and ended bad. But then, you know, I had that game and then um, I had like a couple starts until I faced the nationals again, which was, I thought one of my best starts of the season. Right. I, you know, struck out some dudes on that team who at the time was, you know, the hottest team in baseball yeah, going to win it. Right. You know, I, never, I got to swing it too. So, you know, it, I ended right. up, you know, I, I feel like I ended the season on a on a high note from, from my perspective, just, Gaining confidence, you know, late and just carrying that over to spring training, which I felt like I felt really good in spring training. Yeah, I was,
1: I was going to ask you. I, I was going to ask you about. You said you got to swing it there against the Nationals, and your your last yeah. start of the season, you went went five five innings, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you you got a you got a sack bunt down after a, after a leadoff double, uh, and mm. you're you're only at bat. Uh, you played uh, a little. You're position player a little bit in college too, right after yeah. the. Uh, after the surgery oh, yeah. you,
2: you had there like was,
1: 25 starts in at positions right so yeah there was so for know. you was it, it were, you, were you pissed when they told you to to put the bun on or or what
2: yeah you know i wanted to swing it <laughs> i wanted to crush one and of course like i'm just you probably i'm just saying this but do the bun i got was, like, the one pitch that you would have blasted, you know? Like, it was like, who knows? But, like, when I looked at it coming in for the bunt, I was like, I would have hit that thing over the field. <laughs> so, like, yeah. But in, in college, uh, you know, I, I didn't – I played the position early, and then, you know, I got started getting notoriety of, as a pitcher, and um, that's really where my career kind of, like, led, and my coach really didn't want me to screw that part up. So, he – but then, you know, my bat was good enough to be in the lineup, so then I was hitting number five in the lineup, DH, mm-hmm. and when – I wasn't pitching, so it was like caught between like letting them, letting me swing or not letting me swing, and you know it was like a weird kind of like I play the field, but I don't play the field because I'm a pitcher. Yeah, so right. I definitely swing it, you know, my whole career, and you know I'm getting the. I hope I get the opportunity to get another well, at bat and swing it.
1: Well, so yeah. they're not going to be listing you as one of those two-way players, right? they it's just. I mean, dude, they should. I'm
2: down because I think I think I can handle it. I think I can handle it. There you go. I don't know. Right. No, I had the. I had the commit um my this was going into my first full season with Lynchburg you know I one, I went to the player development coordinator and I told him that I wasn't having fun you know I was, my pitches were decent it was James Harris I was like my pitches were doing okay I'm not throwing as hard as I wanted to <clears throat> I'm finally fully healthy I want to be able to do everything I'll rep a million reps every single day you know now that I can and I'm not I'm like a perfectionist you know that's what I I like to do so um I was just in a bad spot you know and didn't have a really good spring and I went to the James Harris and I said not having fun I want to play the field I want to take my cuts every day I want to get better every day I know I, I know I'd be able to make it as a hitter you know no matter what he's like all right you know he respected however I felt which is super love from him and he's like let's have a, a meeting with Ruben Niebla who's now the pitch one of the pitching coaches with us and yeah. um, so I go meet with Ruben and Ruben really lays it out for me. Like, he's like, dude, you know, like, you, just, you, got, you got to see it for what it is. You know, I'm living in – I'm too caught up in what's happening now. And he's like, we have a plan for you, you know, man. Like, you – like, he super – he just believed in me, you know. He told me how much he believed in me. And then I go to my first, you know, full season. I break with Winchburg and Haye, A. And the first batter I face of the season, the very first pitch of the season, first pitch of the game, second game of the season, though, so my first start, but home run, to lead off the game, I'm like, of course, this is how <laughs> it's going to go this year, this is great,
0: <laughs> so I ended up
2: giving up, like, four runs, and whatever, and, you know, I'm not happy, and, but then I end up, like, you know, it was a time where I, I, I had to choose, you know, I was, like, still caught in that mindset of, I want to be able to do a bunch of stuff, and, you know, I didn't really buy into being a pitcher only, you know, and then I finally bought into being a starting pitcher, and, my preparation and what I needed to do to be excellent at it, and you know, then the rest of that season went extremely well. Finished in double A, and then you know, next year started there. So, Ruben went into classes. the club.
1: Ruben went into the clubhouse <laughs> and hit all your bats, right? Yeah, I
2: think, yeah. Hit all <laughs> he said, the bats. No, we're
1: we're not messing around with this. He's, we got a plan for this guy. We're gonna hide all of his bats. So that way, he's got yeah. he's got to be a pitcher. Okay. Uh, you got anything else before we wrap up? No, that's great. Really, thanks. Uh, the, uh, yeah. the the NFL draft is uh, is is coming up. Uh, who's your team and who you got? What are they doing?
2: Man, I'm not really not really caught. You know, I'm caught up in the draft and all that stuff. My team's the Bears, though. I hope the Browns pick someone up. I root for them too. But uh, mm-hmm. grew up a Bears fan. I'm not even. You know, I don't play fantasy. I don't really do any of that. But I love the game. I love watching football. I, you know, played football. But um, I hope the Bears get someone good who can maybe sling the rock a little bit, spread the offense out score some touchdowns.
1: So you're not, you're not sold on the, uh, the kid from Menor. Uh, that's, that's Hoynzy's boy, uh, from, from Menor, Trubisky.
2: I mean, he's a stud. I like him. He's really good. I mean, but, I don't know, man. Maybe he's gonna be really good somewhere else.
1: <laughs> you would prefer, prefer he go to Minnesota or the Packers or something like that, so they can beat up. Yeah, yeah. Go.
0: I'll go over there. Well, great. Could uh, you have played football in college, Sam?
1: Yeah,
2: I actually. Was had twelve touchdowns, to man.
1: You're talking to a, a yeah. wide receiver, tight end here. He's he was. Yeah. He owned the I field. Was, uh,
2: yeah, I mean, I was getting looks to go play. You know, a f- few schools, and a lot of a lot of you know people knew I was going to play baseball, but. Ball State was recruiting me for football and baseball, and so I actually had a meeting with the football coach and the baseball coach. And the baseball coach basically shut it down. He gave me the scholarship he did, which was the only time he's ever given that scholarship. The only other time he did was the first round, first overall pick, Brian Bullington from Ball State. And he said, you know, this is – you get to college, man. It's more business. You know, you get hurt playing football, you're on a baseball scholarship. Probably wouldn't be good, so you got to choose – and looking back, like, if I tried to do both, that would be incredibly hard. So I'm honestly more yeah. thankful. And it set me up good for baseball. I had a good freshman year. So, you know, it, it all happens for a reason. So Yeah, yeah I,
1: I know I talked to you right around the time when uh, when high school and college football was, was getting in the swing last oh, right. Year. And, uh, you know, I was asking about the uh, – I was asking, like, Kipnis played and, and mm-hmm. um, I think – was it Luplo who was a kicker? Yeah, Luplo's a kicker, a punter, I think. Or maybe no, he's a kicker. No, I think he's got like a forty three yard field goal too. Uh That's beast. To credit. So <laughs> and I think Bieber I think Bieber was a quarterback as well. He he threw he played like know. freshman sophomore, but then he broke his wrist and it was like, Forget that, I'm playing baseball. Oh,
2: yeah. He's like a little Tom Brady look. I can see. <laughs> yeah, he's back there, just pocket, precise passing. Dude. Well,
1: you're 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 watching his uh, his Instagram videos where he's doing the the dancing challenges and all that. What do you, you guys? Yeah, do you Have a, a any sort of challenge with the pitchers there?
2: Who's the, best, <laughs> no. who's the best dancer in the rotation? Ooh, best dancer. I don't know. Beef's is pretty nice. Clev, like Clev's more of just a fist pump. Head shake. Thieves <laughs> can shuffle it down a little bit. I don't even know what I can do. I just – I call it the, the jig, I think, so. There you go. I just kind of, like, shake around, you know. So we all kind of do our little shuffle.
1: Well, we hope to see you uh, shuffling on the field as well uh, real soon, uh, hopefully here in uh, in 2020 in some capacity when they get things going. Uh, Zach, great to talk to you. Um, you know, head off to your workout, keep things going, and, and be ready for, for when they get that call you got
2: it i appreciate you guys
1: for having
0: me thanks We're Jack. a lot